Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today we're talking with nurse practitioner Brooke Green of Hamilton Diabetes and Endocrinology Center. Brooke, what services do you offer at Hamilton Diabetes and Endocrinology Center? We provide multiple services, which include type 1 and type 2 in gestational diabetes education, as well as thyroid conditions with hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, and assessment and treatment of thyroid nodules, as well as hypoglycemia, hyperinsulinemia, metabolic syndrome. Now, today we're going to be talking about keeping your blood glucose in a good range. Yeah, normal blood sugar range. Now, for someone who does not have diabetes, um, it really should not be over 100. Um, and that's typically before meals should not be greater than uh, 140 uh, during the day post meals. And that's for just normal? Yes, that's for somebody without diabetes. Now, what is a normal blood sugar reading an hour after eating? You say it's about 140? One hour. We really want that blood sugar to be no greater than 140. Typically, someone without diabetes, their pancreas is functioning well, releasing the amount of insulin that's needed to prevent the blood sugar spikes. I got you. What about after two hours? After two hours, should be coming on down less than 120 by that time. So generally, over the course of a day, your blood sugar should not exceed 140? That's correct. Wow, what about that? Mm-hmm. Even after eating a large meal? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ideally, it would not go over 122 hours after you eat. Mm, got you. Now, this goal should be discussed with a medical provider, with your medical provider, of course, but th- this is fascinating to me because that I have type 2 diabetes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I see mine fluctuate go up right, down, up right, exactly. I fight that all the time. Now the goals Bobby for when you are diagnosed with diabetes, a good blood glucose target and this is by the American Diabetes Association is between 80 to 130 fasting or before meals. Okay. That would be your target and then one or two hours after you eat a meal it needs to be less than 180. So mm-hmm. that would be your target Bobby. Less than 180. Uh-huh. Less than 180 is what you want to shoot okay. for. That, that is tough. Mm-hmm. That is and tough. It can be challenging. It is, it is a challenge. Now, uh, you know, is someone considered to have pre-diabetes if they're say their fasting blood sugar is 100 or 102? Well, here's a few of the tests that we typically do. You are considered to have prediabetes when either, number one, your A1C test is between 5.7 and 6.4, or your fasting blood glucose is between 100 and 125, or performing an oral glucose tolerance test, and those test results are between 140 and 199. Now, how is someone tested for diabetes? What, what is that test? That test, if we do the oral glucose tolerance test, uh, um, how that's done, it's fast. It's a fasting test, okay. usually uh, nothing to eat or drink for at least eight hours. And uh, we will first check the glucose level at that time uh, before uh, consuming a glucose solution. Now, this glucose solution is very, very syrupy, very, very sweet. It's Mm -hmm. 75 grams of sugar that uh, you would take orally. And then two hours later, we would check the blood sugar. So if that blood sugar is between 140 and 199, that's indicative of prediabetes. If it's less than 140, you're good. Now, what exactly is prediabetes? Prediabetes is when the glucose levels are slightly elevated, but not enough to be an actual diagnosis of diabetes. And a one C, that's where I had mentioned earlier, 5.7 to 6.4. So we can simply even do an A1C test 
that's a lab draw uh, usually that your provider can do uh, in the office. But if that A1C is between 5.7 and 6.4, that is also indicative of you know, prediabetes. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening right now and they're thinking, you know, uh, maybe I have prediabetes mm-hmm. or if I, I suspect I might. How do you treat that? What is the treatment mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. prediabetes? Yes, prediabetes, the treatment is lifestyle change with uh, nutrition, exercise, losing weight. And that that's, that's huge. Uh, that's a big factor. Uh, weight gain, obesity, uh, those are huge risk factors for developing prediabetes. So weight loss, oftentimes without, with the lifestyle changes, with exercise, we can actually see management of the prediabetes with the prevention of type 2 diabetes. Well, when we're talking about blood sugar levels, let's talk about like a day part. What about in the mornings? Is mm-hmm. blood sugar often high in the mornings after sleeping overnight? They can be for people with diabetes. This is known as the dawn phenomenon. And uh, we see this quite frequently. And this is due to multiple what we call counter-regulatory hormones that are produced in the early morning hours, specifically cortisol. And uh, people normally produce cortisol in those early morning hours. Well, when you have diabetes, that can cause some insulin resistance and lead to higher glucose levels in the morning. Well, it doesn't make sense. And I'll tell you why. In my mm-hmm. personal, mm-hmm. I've got type 2, as I mentioned yes. earlier. Mm-hmm. So I eat supper usually about 3.30 or mm-hmm. 4 in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and I'm in bed at 8. Uh-huh. And when the alarm goes off at 3.45, mm-hmm. I get up, I check my sugar, and my sugar's high, even though it was much lower mm-hmm. at bedtime mm-hmm. last night. I'm thinking, you know, I know I didn't get up and eat right. a candy bar last right. night in the middle of the night. I can't figure out why it's so high. So I'm learning so much right now. Yes, yes. I didn't know there were other factors. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Well, you talked about an A1C test. Mm-hmm. What is an A1C test? What does that mean? Yes, A1C test, it's a blood test that shows how your blood sugars are controlled over the last three to four months. Um, and this is at as I mentioned a little bit earlier, too, we can do this with a lab draw. At our office, we actually have an analyzer, and it's just a simple finger stick, and it takes six minutes to get the reading. Mm-hmm. But that tells us what your average glucose level has been over the last three to four months. Wow. So if you're really trying, it really shows up on that A1C. It really does. And uh, the ADA, the American Diabetes Association, they recommend with diabetes less than 7% is the goal. Okay, so a 7.0. Right, 7.0. And that would be less than that. And that would be equivalent to a glucose of 150. So we really want to keep that glucose level average, average less than 150. Over the last 90 days. Uh, Right. Okay, got you. Now, what about stress? A lot Mm -hmm. of us, including myself and you, I'm sure, have a lot of stress in our lives. Yes. Can stress increase our sugar levels, our blood sugar levels? Yes, stress is a huge factor that can elevate blood sugars. So any mental stress, Physical stress, psychological stress can impact the glucose levels. Now, what about being sick? Mm -hmm. If someone is sick, Mm -hmm. can that increase their sugar? It can. Uh, Being sick, uh, the stress on the body, with the body recovering, can also increase the glucose levels. So what about surgery? Surgery as well. So it's really important during these times to monitor your glucose more often and really pay attention to the blood sugar readings. What about hot and cold weather? You know, hot, hot, it was mm-hmm. so hot last summer, mm-hmm. and you know we had such a, a mild winter. What about hot and cold weather? How yes, does that affect yes. my blood sugar? Well, it, it can do. It can actually go up. It may even go down. Now, it can go up, particularly if your glucose levels are already high to begin with, Bobby. And uh, 
we know how humid it is here in the south. Right. And if you're not staying hydrated, it can actually cause the glucose levels to rise. So it's so important to make sure you're hydrated, particularly if you're working outside. Drink lots and lots and lots of water. Now, you could also be prone to having low blood sugars as well if you're more active. You're probably, uh, particularly if you're on insulin or certain oral medications to treat your diabetes, you're going to be prone to having low blood sugars. So it's very important to monitor very closely during these times, making sure that you're eating on a regular schedule. You're not going a long period of time without eating. But the most important part of this is making sure you stay hydrated. Water, plenty of water. Lots of water. Mm -hmm. Lots of water. Great information today. Uh, Can you tell our listeners about the classes that you offer at Hamilton Diabetes and Endocrinology Center. Yes, we offer free diabetes educational seminars, free diabetes workshops. We also offer advanced diabetes nutrition classes, carbohydrate counting class, and a diabetes comprehensive diabetes class, as well as meal planning, nutrition, and gestational diabetes classes. Mm, A ton. Yes. A ton of classes. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing all of this great information with us today. If you could leave our listeners with one word of advice, what would that be? Know your target range for your glucose and your target range, it may actually vary. The ADA, as we said, 80 to 130 before meals, less than 181 to two hours after eating. Get with your provider and know what your target range is and drink plenty of water. That's a key. <laughs> Lots of yes. water. For more information about Hamilton Diabetes and Endocrinology Center, call 706-278-1622 or visit hamiltonhealth.com slash diabetes. This program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat illness or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health care provider if you have a health problem. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System.